What's shaking, Cartel? I got a really cool show for you today with uh, Mr. Lehman Dollins. And uh, we just talk a lot about uh, spirituality, uh, how to, you know, empower yourself by taking your power back uh, that the elites have taken from us since we were born and beyond. Um, so I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's it's a little bit of a shorter one, so I hope you uh, don't mind that. But uh, yeah, um, kick back, smoke a dube, drink a beer, do what you got to do, and relax and enjoy the show. And thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. Welcome back to the Red Pill Cartel. I'm your host, David Wavy, and I have a awesome... 3D visual artist here, uh, amongst many other things, uh, Mr. Lehman Dollins. How you doing, brother? I'm great, Dave. How are you tonight? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. I had uh, a couple days off, so just resting and recuperating a little bit because I had a shitty pair of shoes that uh, I needed to I needed to buy new shoes. So I got some new shoes yesterday and took a couple days off to rest my aching legs and feet. So. Yeah, just been chilling out, playing video games, and yeah. Right on, man. <clears throat> so, um, what what kind of video games are you into, man? Oh, all kinds of stuff. Like, usually I play uh, Call of Duty at uh, nighttime when people are on, and it's mainly what I play for nowadays is for the social aspect. Right, right. Cool. Yeah, but cool. uh, I like all, all kinds of other stuff, like retro games too especially yeah i grew up on that shit right so i still love it yep yep but uh yeah man so who let's kick it off by asking the big question when did you first start realizing that you are uh in a state of uh awareness or spiritual awareness uh in your lifetime well um it's, it's kind of in stages, right? Because there's different levels of awareness. Like, um, you know, early on, like 10, 12 years old, I realized there's something very weird about this reality when I had my very strange first name whispered in my ear in the middle of uh, the Texas forest with nobody around for 100 acres. Somebody uh, whispered your name? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. And uh, so that was the first inkling that eh, maybe this fucking place isn't what I think it is. Right. Right. And then uh, that was uh, like some kind of a a spiritual thing or like a mind, your own mind thing. Oh, no. It was definitely loud and clear, right? Loud and clear outside of myself. And I wasn't exhibiting any other attributes of schizophrenia. Right. So when I was 19 years old, some friends and I did a, uh, a dose, a mixture of LSD and PCP. Oh shit. <laughs> we experienced uh, full blown te- uh, telepathy. No way. And literally every last one of us that were there that night, we can all point to that moment and say, yeah, we fucking changed the way we viewed the world permanently from that point. So, but the dream likes to call you back to it. Right. And so, you know, you get into the milieu of uh, your surroundings and going through your day and 
then you have another moment that kind of reminds you of the uniqueness of the reality that you find yourself in, right? Sure. Yep. And so, like, you know, 2007, um, I watched Zeitgeist, the movie, like the very first uh, version of it. Yep. Of course, that kind of destroyed uh, quite a few of my long-held beliefs of what I thought America was, you know, much less the rest of the world. And that certainly contributed to eroding some of the layers of programming. Right. Yeah. I totally feel you on this. Yeah. And then uh, through the course of, you know, the years rolling by, layer upon layer falls away. And then, you know, you have a moment like I did uh, with uh, one of my friends from that earlier time, uh, the the night I, I gave the eulogy at my stepfather's uh, um, death or uh, his, uh, his showing or whatever, uh, we had went out and uh, did a psychedelic something or other. That same night. Yeah, yeah. Well, shit. My my stepdad was a uh, fun dude, and it was a fun eulogy to give. Right, and, and so the psychedelics were probably kind of like a tribute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he would have been right there in the mix of it if he was still around, you know. Sure. So uh, we're 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 sitting there, and it's starting to blast off pretty good, and then my buddies. Uh, sofa folds up like a piece of origami and sits on the ground and I walk through the space that it was supposed to be in. You actually saw it do that? Yeah. Holy shit. That's not the part that freaked me out though. (laughs) I've seen shit like that happen before and much greater. But the moment that I walked through the space that it should have been standing in and it didn't impede my walkthrough that's the part where all the paradigms broke (laughs) and something new presented itself that's when i fully took hold of uh, grasp of the idea that we are frequency and energy and there's not a lot of matter to worry about around here right so on that same trip you know it was kicking off pretty fucking good and i told him look man i'm gonna go lay down in the spare bedroom for a minute and just fall into this and uh you know it tripped we tripped so much that he you know he was used to the way that i tripped and he's like yeah i'll see you in a little bit so i'm going and what sorry what were you on at this time well he gave me a couple of edibles but this particular friend was is a very distinguished chemist. So I can't okay. really tell you what it was. I just know it was jet fuel. Holy fuck. Okay. So I'm, I'm laying on uh, the spare bed and uh, all of a sudden, like I get this tunnel vision and uh, a being comes into my presence. And he tells me, I'll give you everything you want. I'll give you that room full of Scandinavian women. I'll give you that yacht on the Aegean Sea. I'll give you 
all the power, all the money, whatever you want. You just have to worship me. Right? Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm good, dude. I'm good. And I was instantly sober, Dave. I've never, shit, had, I've, I've never had that happen. Not before or since. I believe I heard you tell this story yeah. on uh, Master Debaters. Probably. Not Probably. Mistaken, or something. But yeah, that's how I found you. But anyway, continue. So that's, a, that's one of those moments that you can put, drive a stake in the ground and say, that's not like your average run-of-the-mill trip. Sure. And, like an uh, instant, an instant uh, wake up, like boom! I'm not high anymore. What the yes, fuck? Yes. So I walk into the room. I tell my buddy, "I'm completely sober. I just had this experience with an entity in the spare bedroom. Uh, I'm gonna go stand outside." So you know, uh, that was that was one of those times where like everything that you thought you knew completely washed away. And now you got to rebuild what you think this reality is. And that's when I really started looking into different things uh, like magic. All of a sudden, you know, I'm like, okay, maybe spells are a thing. Well, what's this fucking thing that I inherited called languish? What, what does it do? You know, how, how does it actually work versus what they told us? And, yeah, I just started uh, the process of deconstructing everything that I'd been told. And, uh, make a long story short, I find myself in a very magical place where everything is possible up to the point where they butt up against your personal beliefs. And I believe all beliefs are limiting <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. And that if we, uh, the more of those that we can press off, like, for example, uh, you'll hear mo a lot of woo people tell you, well, you can do anything you can think of uh, within the guidelines of physics. Well, that's a, that's a limiting belief that keeps you from, you know, walking through walls or whatever. Because I know something here can do that because I've experienced too many times where something touched me and then ran off into a room and isn't there anymore. Well, that motherfucker did it. If it could do it, then I could do it. Right. But, so, but the trick is how? Well, I truly think it's a matter of spending time in meditation, going through the layers and layers and layers of limiting beliefs that we were uh, given through our parents, unbeknownst to them, through the education system, through uh, culture in general. And it's a process. It, it takes a long time. I agree. Um, I have another friend <clears throat> coming on on Sunday, and he, I asked him, where did you get your name? Because I think it's funny. And he said, well, I think that everybody is a superhero, but they just forgot how to be one. And so I gave myself a superhero name. I fucking <laughs> I love it. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's incredible. Like I always thought that that same thing where it's like we probably can fly, but we forgot how to do it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, so some of the and, and what, sorry, but what I think the elites are doing 
is they're trying to replicate all the stuff that we've forgotten how to do through technology. I agree. I totally agree. Like, um, so some of the things that I experienced that let me know that there's other possibilities, right? I, I, uh, regularly wake up to light beings doing something to my body that feels, uh, like the greatest orgasm that you've ever had that's continuous for 20, 30 minutes, right? I have, oh, man. I have that experience a lot and I contribute that to, uh, the meta, uh, the hour long meditations that I do regularly. Right. But then, uh, you know, in the 2016 to 2018 range, I was having experiences where like something would uh, uh, just appear on my bed like and have the weight of like a four or five year old child. It would push off my leg. I could hear its two legs uh, land on the uh, floor beside the bed and hear it run off into the room, but it's cloaked. I can't actually see it. I just see a shimmer. When I get up and run into the room to see what's what, it's there's nothing there. All the doors are locked. Um, you know, I, I had one instance where I was reading the book in the middle of the afternoon, and I'm a big dude. I'm like 6'3", 363, and this thing picked me up and threw me into the floor like I was a, a feather, right? Wow. Um that right there will get your attention, Dave. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. And then I had another experience where in the, uh, about 1130 at night, I was reading uh, Russell Targ's book on ESP. I was turned to my left. You know, the lights are on because I'm reading. My uh, Australian shepherd is on the uh, foot of my bed sleeping and something jumps on the bed very close to him and he doesn't move. And it runs up the side that I am leaning towards and I can feel its weight on the bed in front of me. And I instantly become extremely sleepy, like like something had just hit me with a gaseous form of GHB, Quaalude and Xanax all rolled up in the one. Right. And I fight to maintain consciousness and I'm able to like move my right arm up to try to hit the space in which my intuition is telling me it's uh, standing. And it wraps, wraps my hand up like, you know, it's a UFC fighter and then runs off the edge of my bed. I hear it land uh, on the floor, run into the darkness of the rest of the room. I, uh, I'm under a, a, a bit of, it feels like sleep paralysis but it was whatever it was gassing me with. And I finally get to a point where I can stand up and I go to the other side of the house where a family member of mine is sleeping, turn on the lights. The two Australian cattle dogs that he has in his room uh, are catatonic, which is a very much unlike that breed. And he's passed out, you know, completely. And, it's like, okay, what do you fucking do with all that? Right? And I, I routine, routinely hear, uh, I don't know, sounds and uh, 
in my room at night that sounds like very large hydraulic doors opening, closing here, like, uh, you know, exhausts, uh, letting off, uh, you know, some sort of air. The That's thing- crazy. Almost like, uh, like the doors in Star Trek or Star Wars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then like, uh, you know, some sounds that count, kind of sound like, you know, somebody's opening up an acetylene tank or something, you know? Like, yeah, like, yeah. like, like something, like, uh, exhausting, right? Yeah, under pressure, yeah. letting off. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I have a lot of a lot of experiences where I feel like something is being plugged into the sole of my left foot. And I often wonder why they call the bottoms of our feet the soles of our feet. Right. A little word magic there. Of course, yeah. And, but then also I have the experiences where I, I, you know, I come to and something is literally working on the back of my neck. And then all of a sudden I feel a wash of like ecstasy, you know, feel my head go down my neck into my torso and down my legs into the, and then I'm back asleep. So what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, that's wild, man. Yeah, so um, synchronicities are pretty interesting to me. and But not just, you know, a random synchro here or there. I've gotten to a point where if they're not stacking up, I really don't pay too much attention to them. Yeah. And so... I've had many myself. Yeah, so this one day, like... I. I live in Old Town, Alexandria, and I was walking through, and uh, you know, I was seeing five, five, five everywhere that I never really noticed it before. Right? I probably saw it five or six times on that walk alone. I was like, "Okay, there's something up with that." So I come back to my apartment, and I'm looking uh, uh, on the computer, and it comes to my attention that there's an alien movie that Lawrence Fishburne was in that I hadn't even heard of. And for whatever reason, I could not help myself. I said, I have to watch this right now. Can I guess what that is? Was it Event Horizon? No, no, no. Okay, shit. The Signal, all right? The Signal. Okay, I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, isn't that crazy, right? So, because he happens to be, I think there's several actors who are consistently in truth drop movies, and he happens to be one of them, right? Sure, yeah. And so the fact that he's been in a movie that I'd never even heard of and it'd been out for like, you know, six years or something like that. And I'm like, okay, so I stopped everything and I watched that movie, right? Well, in this movie, it's uh, three genius uh, college students who come across this strange uh, hacker, right? And they decide they're going to fucking chase this signal down that they feel that they've connected with the hacker so they're driving from boston they're actually taking one of the people to ucla to finish out her uh, undergrad or something so on the way they stop in this uh desolate nevada area where they figure out that this signal is coming from and it's late at night and they're practically in the fucking desert uh, with nothing around them, and uh, they get abducted. 
Well, next thing they know, they wake up in a uh, facility and Lawrence Fishburne is, uh, you know, the lead uh, doctor on the team that's trying to figure out whether or not they're contagious or not. Right. And And they think that they're, uh, you know, working with the U.S. Army or something. So at the very end of the movie, when he runs out as far as he can and realizes that he's on a vast spaceship the size of Nevada, <laughs> and it, the, the camera pulls back and shows the side of the uh, the ship, and it says two three five one four. Well, that's five five five. Right. And I'm like, the fuck is going on here? And so I said, all right, it's time. Somebody's to- trying to show you something. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I type uh, 555 angel number in the search engine. And, you know, I'm scrolling through trying to use my intuition to fill one out. And so I eventually see one that catches my eye and I hit it. And it's telling me, you know, 555 is a sign of great upheaval and change in your life. And, I, you know, I'm skimming. And about the third paragraph down on this random freaking page that I picked, it says, if 555 is popping up a lot, then uh, the, the number 1114 will be very significant to you. That's my birthday, Dave. Oh my God. And so I got I got a couple scenarios that I've been kicking around since that experience. Either Tyler AI is running this motherfucker and he just so happens to be housed in a building that's an hour and a half, two hours max away from where I grew up as a kid. Or uh fucking aliens have dialed <laughs> me or something. Uh, you know, I made those jokes about the uh, ash raping aliens with you earlier today. But, um, yeah. <laughs> and when I asked you if you were to, for just for the audience's sake, uh, yeah. when I asked Lehman here if he wanted to come on the show, he said, well, yeah, as long as uh, aliens don't fucking come and get me or whatever before then, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of times where, you know, I don't know what it is about this certain alien, but he really sure does enjoy ass plays. All I know. <laughs> he likes butt plugs and all the whole nine yards, man. <laughs> Folded up double-ended dildos. <laughs> Johnny Holmes style. <laughs> Not again, motherfucker. You sure you better have brought the lube. <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, and then the all the experiences that I have uh, while I'm meditating. I mean, I've had I've had a full blown orgasm start in my feet, right, and travel all the way up my body and go out the top of the crown. I want one of those. <laughs> so, I mean, it was very spontaneous. It wasn't like I went looking for it, and it was uh, you know. Like I was, I was shaking afterward. Uh, like I didn't know what to do with that. Frankly, it's like, how can your feet be excited to the point that it feels like the greatest nut you've ever shot? <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> you have to excuse me. I didn't think that this was a you know 
a uh, a family program. I figure you probably have a mature it's, audience. It is uh, labeled as explicit, so okay. say what you feel. All right, all right. But yeah, so that's where that's at. Uh, during the day, I write uh, Sasquatch erotica to pass the time. By night, I get ash raped <laughs> by aliens. You know? Just a regular American boy. Is it, isn't it wild, though, like what the mind can do? Like, I mean, there's a couple times where I, oh, well, there's this one time I woke up. I, I was having this fucking wild dream. And um, I'll tell you what the dream is. I was standing on a hill with like three other people and we're all wearing white robes. And we're looking down at a video game arcade, of all things. And we all went down into the arcade and there was all these like evil people inside, like like the worst of the worst. Right. Mm-hmm. And we all opened our mouths at the same time. And this big gold bean came out of our mouths and we could hear this sound like, bah! and then it just vaporized all these evil people. And, and when I woke, when I woke up from that, mm-hmm. I felt nothing but pure fucking bliss. Yeah. And I walked downstairs and I, I saw my parents and I'm like, hi, mom. Hi, dad. You know, I was like on this super blissful high and it came out of nowhere. Right. It was yeah. just the strangest thing. And uh, another time I was sleeping and I had this extremely vivid dream where I was looking out um, through a forest or like I was on the street and there was like a forest down the hill and beyond that was uh like a lake with a beautiful sunrise and all i could hear was these beautiful like uh like violin strings like a like a nice beautiful positive sound Mm. right and i I couldn't believe it it was just like right it was like this godlike scenery that i've never seen before and when i woke up i was like how did that just happen? Like, that is unbelievable. Like, I felt like I was actually there, you know? So why do you think you weren't? <sighs> That's a good question. Davey, I do probably you, was. Do you, do you think you could honestly go into a quarter ball and uh, without a shadow of a doubt prove uh, that this material reality is what uh, the mainstream proposed it to be? I don't think I could, but I, I mean, it, I could try. I don't think anybody truly could. I think there's enough evidence out there now that pretty much shows that, uh, yeah, it's just all signal, right? And uh, I think our five senses are the, the lionest motherfuckers uh, in this situation. I think it's the greatest spell put upon us. Right. It's our five senses and... I don't think Probably, you, you could call it our fallen nature, what have you, right? You could. I I don't necessarily tend that I'm uh I don't think I fell. I um I think that's what the that's what the church would say, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh that we're like born of original sin and shit. Yeah, I I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. I'm not going to tell anybody that it, it not good for them but i don't i don't feel that way for for myself personally i think that this i think for whatever reason this 
originally was like a training ground to learn how to um, manipulate energy and to manifest things uh, for the the good of the group or whatever and good uh, for the good of the individual. And somehow it got hijacked, right? Yeah. And a certain amount of amnesia was put across us. We, you know, we may very well be the orphans on the, from the orphans trains in the 1850s. And we yeah, yep. completely ignorant of our true history. And we're actually from a, uh, an ancient mythical land called Tataria. And, you know, you never can tell. It's hard to say, man. Like, there's so much uh, truth being revealed nowadays, right? And, like, if you're not, I say, <clears throat> if you're not searching for it, it's probably going to be a hell of a lot pain, more painful when you get to the other side because you're not going to know what the fuck's going on when you cross over. So are you familiar with the idea of the false light? Uh, the only thing I could think of about that is when you pass you you die and you go into the light and it's a trick that's certainly uh one one aspect of it but i actually think that the light that we see with our eyes quite possibly is the false light okay um i think that when we close our eyes that that's closer to that the actual reality and you know initially everything's all dark when you go in there right Right. Some people call it, some people would call it the quantum realm when you close your eyes and you start meditating. Uh, and that triggers some people. They're like, oh, I hate it when people call it the, you know, the quantum realm. I, well, I don't care if you call it your mama's house. All I know <laughs> is magical fucking shit happens when I close my eyes and I mm-hmm. turn off my sympathetic nervous system and turn on the parasympathetic nervous system. I align my chakras, and then magic fucking occurs, right? Yep. I have a friend named Abstract Dreamer who uh, she's fairly convinced uh, because of experiences that she had that she's living multiple lives at this time. I've had an experience where I uh, saw like, uh, like five or six different layers of lives that I would be possibly living at this uh, same moment. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think quite possibly your dreams are more real than this out here. I've often said that to people in my daily life, my yeah. daily social life. I, I would ask them, and I said, <clears throat> I would say, <clears throat> excuse me, do you think that the dream state that we what we call the dream state is the actual reality and the reality we're living in is the actual dream is, is a dream state yeah <laughs> well you know when you and the white hooded boys walked into the arcade and vanquished the uh the sinister ones yep that sounds more like uh you know davy wavy and all his power and closer to what i think you actually are right and I think it's a matter of just uh, releasing some of the conditioning that we were given and uh, actually actively uh, looking. And then the other part of it is, why would you want to do these sorts of things? Is it service to self or is it service to others? 
And Gerald, well, that's, that's the thing. I mean, the whole Christ nature is service to others, right? And I'm about that. Like, I actually think that the Old Testament has little to nothing to do with Christ. Um, I think that, it sure seems that way if you delve deep into it. Yeah. Um, I think like Christ, two different gods. Yeah. I think uh, Christ was coming to free us, literally, like saying, Hey, you see me walking on water? Y'all can do this too. You know, yep. Jimmy Hendricks tried to tell us uh, that we could chop mountains down with the edge of our hand. Just ain't none of us took him up on it yet. <laughs> For sure, dude. Have you seen the movie Remo Williams back in 85? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you remember that part where he's he's, ch- he's getting chased by the gangsters and there's like fresh uh, uh, pavement that they put out and it's still wet cement and he, he just like skips over he's like yeah. and then the other guy chases him he's like yeah. drops right in <laughs> i want to say at the very end of that movie a, a monk ends up running across a lake or something yes that's the guy that trained him he just he's just like do 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 running across the water into the boat he said let's let's go <laughs> yeah uh, i had a an experience of bilocation I once where oh, like, you're at two different spots at the one at the same time. Yeah. Now it wasn't any great distance. I was laying beside my wife in bed and I was in the living room eating a, a ham sandwich, but it was still two places at once and it totally freaked her out. And yeah, um, that's pretty wild, man. Yeah. So that doesn't necessarily happen in a material reality. You know what I'm saying? He- yeah, you tapped into something there. Well, I actually, uh, I think I forgot my conditioning for a moment and was able to do something magnificent. You know, I think that's what we're supposed to be like on a regular basis. Just like what I did in my dream. Yes. So, yeah. And, uh, and another thing, Lehman, is uh, <clears throat> I had another v- extremely vivid dream where I was looking at myself sitting on my bed uh, in the lotus pose mm-hmm. uh, in meditation. And I ended up levitating up and then coming f- towards myself and then dropping down onto the floor, like slowly. Yeah. And when I woke up, I was like, did I just do that? Yeah. Certainly felt like I just did that. Yeah. Like I could feel myself levitating. Well, have you ever uh, practiced uh, learning uh, out-of-body experiences? I've tried. Um, I've had a few yeah. uh, legit, legitimate out-of-body experiences. Yeah. Uh, which was the a seed that was planted in my life to spiritual awakening. And that was back when I was about 13 years old. Nice. See, I, another one when I was about 15 or I 16. Had- yeah, I had one when I was 15 years old, and it certainly contributed. It kind of scared the fuck out of me initially because... Dude, it scared the bejesus out of me. Yeah, I was following uh, like a, a book that I believe that was put out by the Monroe Institute. And I was doing the thing where you sleep for seven hours, you get up at 4 a.m., you stay up for like 30 minutes, 
and then you fall back asleep. And when you fall back asleep the second time, you try to maintain your uh, awareness and leave your body while your body falls back asleep. So right. I'm, I'm doing it. And first two nights, nothing really happens. The third night, when I lay back down at 4.30, uh, I start coming up out of my body and I'm instantly simultaneously inside a uh, one foot inside, uh, like a, uh, neighborhood ice cream, uh, van, you know, that they would drive around. Oh, this fucking, uh, weird ass old man was trying to pull me into the fucking van. And I was like, no, I don't want any of your fucking ice cream motherfucker. Yeah. And he was uh, laughing this maniacal fucking laugh. And I was like, fuck this shit. And I sucked back into my body. And I'm like, I've had enough of this. And I never fucked with it again. But since then, I think I've over, I think there's uh, gatekeepers, right? Yeah. Try to keep you from experiencing those other realms. And you kind of got to just, as they say in the old book, you got to gird your loins and go forward. And I find now that if I hit the ghouls with a little bit of love, like, hey, how's it going? Where where are you here to teach me today? You know, they kind of turn into fucking uh, flashlight unicorns or, you know, masturbating leprechauns or something. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, dude, it's it's wild, man. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I've had uh, when I initially had my first out of body experience, <clears throat> and I've I've said this on the show before and other people's shows, but it's like the sound of like radio static and my heart thumping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything for me was in black and white and I was going up the stairs and around the corner mm-hmm. and then I got scared shitless and I was zipped right back the way that I came right back in my body. And I was, I woke up and I was like, what the fuck was that shit? Yeah. You know? And then the, that, that was a Christmas day. I was in Ottawa visiting my brother. Mm. And um, when I woke up from that, I, was a complete zombie for the rest of the Christmas day. And I even went up to my brother and my family while they're sitting at the table. And I said, I said to them, I said, I just had a body experience. I was out of my body and, you know, yeah, I was scared. And all they could do was all they did. All they did dude was laugh and say, you watch too many movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, well, I never saw a movie where somebody came out of their fucking body and then went back in, like... Yeah. And I couldn't do anything. I couldn't say anything. I was a complete zombie. All I could do was sit on the couch and watch this movie and not enjoy it because all I could think about was that experience. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, when when you don't have a support system around you, you don't have a uh, language framework at which to speak these things... Yeah, it can be very isolating. I felt that for a vast majority of my life. And it's only recently where I feel like I've found a uh, 
a group of people who will at least suspend disbelief long enough to hear me. And ultimately, for that, sure, that's what most of us want is we want to somebody to at least hear us. That's what my show is about. That's what uh, Nico from Upstate Conventional show about. Yeah, yeah. About, that's Matt from Great Deception. Yeah, uh, uh, legit bat. All all those guys, man. Uh, like it's one big church that is like the true church, you yeah. know. No, we can support each other for being uh, batshit crazy to the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. The normies, as they say. The muggles. The muggles, yeah. <laughs> it definitely does feel that way. Like Harry Potter shit, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. But I love it. <laughs> no, no. I'm 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 I that's one spell I'm gonna stomp my foot on. Okay. The people who listen to the people who are across the river from me, those are the crazy ones. All right. For those of, who, of you who don't know your geography, I live in Old Town Alexandria. That is literally right across from Washington, D.C. And those are the biggest lionist motherfuckers ever. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. And, uh, no. They try uh, to keep people trapped in the Matrix. That's all they do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm not crazy. Those motherfuckers over there, that's crazy. Not drinking baby's blood and shit like that to stay into this and stay in this vessel for as long as they can. Well, never mind uh, that most evil and obscene thing. Uh, just the fact that one day they say one thing, the next day they say <coughs> another, and then they want to look at you like you're uh, out of your gourd. No. Yeah, people believe, people eat up everything they say. So uh, a friend of mine who's teaching me to be a, a medium right now, her name is, uh, she goes by Trickster Fox 7 on IG. Oh, shout out to Trickster Fox. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Whitney, right? Yep, Whitney. And uh, so she and I were talking a few days ago about uh, bifurcation of timelines. And it really, really seems like there's a split in those uh those who uh, you know, constantly tune into the negative that the monsters are pushing and those who ignore what they're saying and are working on themselves, right? Yep. And it really seems like, um, like, for example, the last few months, my life has gotten better in like all kinds of different ways, financially, uh, my outlook on life. Uh, the quality of the experiences that I've been having, my relationships, interpersonal relationships have been better. Uh, my my life is getting better. Whereas uh, all I hear from some people who seem to be falling away because they're no longer at the same vibration as I am, all they see is lack, you know? Yeah. And, yep. uh, I really, you know, I think the next... That from 2022 to 2025, my spirit tells me that that's probably the uh, the splitting where one one timeline will go off into a very positive note, and another timeline will continue on with uh, what they're trying to push, right? Right. And so I'm really really focused on 
uh, trying to bring as many people with me on the good timeline. I feel the same way, dude. I was just uh, this. I actually <coughs> this is the third podcast that I've done today. I was on with Nico earlier, and then right after him, I was talking to Shane from. I knew some uh, of it, but I didn't know it all. Podcast. <laughs> okay, I haven't heard that one yet. Oh, I love that little dude. I mean, he and I. He he's a uh, he's a brother of mine from many many lifetimes, and uh, like basically coming up with ways to give people tools to break them, break their paradigm, and then start working through their conditioning. And I think it can really start with a book that uh, Matt from Great Deception has recently broken down, and I I bought a few days ago, and I need to uh, get into it, and I want to do a book club around Pal Chang's word magic. Yep. Okay. Yep. I've heard to mention that. Yep. I, I think uh, <clears throat> that, you know, we could possibly uh, give people some tools after reading that book on how they can start freeing their mind from the virus, the true virus, which is fear. Fear is the mind killer. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I'm thinking about at 9.46 p.m. Eastern. (laughs) Fear is uh, the weapon that the elites use against us. It's very fucking effective, frankly. Who can blame It's very effective. Like, my dad sits and watches CNN all day, and all he talks about is Russia and Ukraine. I'm like, I'm not even paying any attention to it. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, it's just another fucking fear tactic. Nuclear war, you know, we're threatening the world with nuclear war now. It's like, okay, they haven't done that before. Right. You know? Yep. So. I used to be, when I was a kid, dude, I used to be scared shitless of nuclear war. Like, just those visuals of those mushroom clouds going up. Right. Boom, that flash, and then boom, you're vaporized into nothing, you know? Yeah. But I don't, I don't, it doesn't fucking scare me at all anymore. Well, I tell you, man, the way, the strange way things work. I used to work on a uh, program that built uh, penniless integrated gyroscopes for the Minuteman 3 nuclear weapons program for the United States Air Force. I was the only person that did my job in the entire Western Hemisphere. And often I would look at that technology and try to figure out how the fuck does this fucking do anything? Right. And, uh, you know, who knows? <laughs> well, I've, I'm, I'm hearing that uh, nuclear weapons is a complete hoax. You know, it could be. And I'll tell you why I say that. There's people living in uh, Nagasaki today, I believe. I believe there's people living in Hiroshima, right? Right, right. There, and I mean, they don't want anybody going into Chernobyl, but I guarantee you, there's some feral uh, Russians that are living in Chernobyl. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine. Well, right? I mean, like if- here in the United States, we have feral people living in the Appalachian Mountains in the Great Smoky. Sure. Mountains. You ever I- see the hills have eyes? Yeah. So I guarantee you, those wild ass Russians, because. They may be white people, but they're different. <laughs> they're absolutely <laughs> living in the in Chernobyl. Along are they? Uh, 
do you think they're inbreeders or just affected by the by the by the uh, nuclear waste or the fallout? Well, I mean, I have I have to take a good look at their gums and their teeth before I make that determination. You. <laughs> Kind of like dating somebody from Arkansas, you feel me? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How do you circumcise a, a redneck, kick, kick his sister in the chin? <laughs> As a redneck, I approve this message. <laughs> well, one of the theories that I heard was that if nuclear weapons are a hoax, then all they did was firebomb the shit out of uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, and like the fact that their shadows are imprinted into the walls that could be fire, yeah, totally. You know? Yeah, so I mean, here's my main deal they fucking they're criminals, bare minimum, they're criminals, right? And I don't fucking believe anything a criminal tells me, sure. So, you know, that's just where I'm at. It's like, have you heard about all the shit that happened in Canada, like in Ottawa? The uh, you know, the um, Freedom Convoy and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, the freezing of, like, if you're involved with it and we know about it, then your bank account's being frozen. Uh, right, right. Yeah. It's like, that's criminal to me. That, that is because, criminal. Mm-hmm. Because the people that were protesting were completely peaceful. Yeah. I saw all the footage. I was watching them all day yeah. on live streams, and they weren't doing anything to provoke those those cops right right all those cops did was push in push in push in tear gas mace you name it no firearms thankfully uh trampling of an old woman on on horse horseback yeah and it's like you guys are the fucking criminals not us yeah uh, so you know you have layers right and you have the uh the people who have who do not work from principles, right? Who will follow orders. No mor- no morals, nothing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's generally the, the, the average person who becomes a cop is somebody who just, who, who wants to tell other people what to do and wants to uh, get an attaboy from his master. Right. And, uh, yeah, so that, that doesn't shock me that that's how they act. It didn't shock me either, but at the same time, it's just like, I just want other people that are fucking sleeping to see that shit so, and realize that they're, they're rooting for the government yeah, and not the fucking people, which is us right. and them. Right. Uh, so we're the, we're the beings of light. They're the fucking dark ones. So, it's so simple. So, Dave, after two and a half years of COVID, do you really think any more people are going to wake up? I, Dude, honestly, where I live, it's like 80% of the people are still wearing masks, even though the mandates are dropped. That's generally how it is around here. Uh, and know. I'm just like, what the fuck are you people doing? You still think this shit is real? Yeah. Yeah, you know. And try to say that without sounding crazy to anybody, you know? Well, I mean, I told it to a, a, a job recruiter recruiter this week. You know, uh, I there were several jobs that I was interested in, but I'm not willing to be uh, vaxxed. And he said, well, you know, 
Yeah, it's going to reduce uh, your chances around here because 99% of the employers require vaccination. And I'm like, well, you know, so be it. I'll take the, the job that nobody wants. Because you should have said, well, you should have said, well, it's got a COVID has a 99.97% survival rate. So why do I need a fucking shot? Well, I mean, I could say that. Four of them. I could, <laughs> I could say that to him, but that's still not going to change the corporation's policy. Right. And so, you know, I'll just, I will take uh, the job that doesn't require it. And I'll be very happy doing that job, you know. Because I know that this time here is short and that the time on the other side of it, uh, which is eternity, is far more important to me. (laughs) Yep. A hundred percent. Like there's, there's few people that I work with and they, we all, we were all like, like we knew that we were awake, right? But, and when COVID hit and we saw all the changes happening in the company, we were like, this is complete, utter fucking bullshit, dude. Man. Now, we knew, right, from the very start. Right. <clears throat> and so when they started to, to try to enforce the mask wearing, I was like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like, if if viruses actually do exist, which I don't think they do, um you would be wearing a complete hazmat suit with like a gas mask on right. and you mm-hmm. still have a chance of getting it. These right. masks, they're nothing. That's right. They're, they're nothing. They're for blood spatter when you're doing surgery. That's all they're good for. Yeah. You can't fucking not catch a cold because you're wearing a mask and you're right. definitely going to catch COVID if it does exist. Well, I guarantee you, you can smell a fart through them. Hundred percent. Yep. And if you can Absolutely. smell fart through them, well, you I have the virus. <laughs> then I started looking into Morgellons and how the those little creepy crawlers are on those masks too. Oh yeah, yeah. that's that's another thing. Holy shit! I'm just glad I don't have to wear it anymore, and I I don't. But, okay, so this is this me. is this is one of those moments where, like, you got to take your power back a little bit, though, Dave. Because you can speak to things and it will change them. Like, for example, uh, the rice experiment based on Dr. Emoto's work where, you know, you can change the structures of things by giving it love or hate or indifference. Yeah, this is uh, cymatics, right? Well, uh, a version of it, yes. Okay. But like... uh, so I, uh, the rice experiment consists of making uh, equal part, three parts uh, of a rice, you know, put it in three different bowls, right? And on the first bowl, you write love. On the second bowl, you write hate. And the third bowl, you write indifference. You put tops on them. And every day you pick up the love bowl and you think about someone you love. On the second one, somebody you hate, and then you don't do anything with the indifference. All right. After a month of these uh, rice bowls uh, being up in the cabinet or whatever, you can open up the the one that you've been giving love to, and it'll still look almost eatable, though I wouldn't recommend it. The second one will definitely be uh, rotting. 
because you sent hate to it. But the worst of it all will be the uh, one that you were apathetic toward. Interesting. Yeah. And so. Have you done this? Uh, yeah. And it, it wow. works. And there's, there's plenty of videos on YouTube, but I always encourage uh, uh, people to do it themselves. This is all intention based, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, how it relates to taking your power back, like every once in a while, I will have to drink uh, city tap water. So I just set the intention that all the good that's in this water will nourish my body and all the bad I will excrete in my urine. That's taking the power back. Uh, that's if you have to put on a mask and you just can't get around it, you set the intention that the more gallons will not enter your body. And that's how you use the word magic for your own good. Okay. And that's just like crazy. how they say grace when they when we ha- when we yes. eat, right? Yes. <clears throat> Bless this meal. Boom. Yes. Because right. they're feeding us poison, but we got to sustain ourselves somehow. Gratitude uh, can yep. uh, erase a lot of evil. So uh, that's one of the reasons why I want to, uh, you know, break down uh, the power chain <sighs> and find those. I just got. Sorry, I just got massive goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, another great book uh, that Matt also has read is uh, "The War of Art." Yeah, uh, and it's basically it basically sums it up. I could basically sum it up by saying that if you're not doing what you are meant to do, then you're basically killing yourself. Day by day, when you know that you should be doing something, but you're not doing it, right? You're you're killing your own soul. You're killing your body and your soul. Yep. Right. So, uh, one of the main reasons why I'm doing my podcast is because, like, I feel the need, and actually, it's it's kind of a burden for me where I feel the need to get all these thoughts and feelings out because if I don't, I'm what am I doing? You know? Yeah. That's why I fuck my wife and eat food every day. Cause that's what. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, seriously, I, I hear you. It's, oh, the anchor that that's the anchor you were talking about, right? Uh, <laughs> we're recording on anchor. <laughs> yeah. She, uh, she keeps my boat right where it needs to be. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, Dave is like taking my power back and I hope that I can help others take their power back. And then as we become a larger group of powerful beings, we can take the realm back and life can uh, be as it should not as it has been. Not the simulated version of it that we're living. Right. Right. Yeah. Right, Lehman? Exactly. Where, like, uh. So I think you dropped there for a second. Oh, I, I might have been deep in thought for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I, I grew up in Paris, Texas. All right. And, like, the summers are fucking brutal. Okay. And one of the adaptations that my people have made is we talk slower than the northerners, right? Because yeah. we're trying to conserve all our energy because the sun is sucking the life out of us in the summers. So Dude, sometimes I take you. these uh, 
graduated pauses that's very reminiscent of Bill Hicks at times. And so, yeah, it might have been in the middle of one of those. But anyways, what I'm saying is that's my purpose is to help people uh, get uh, get their powers back and take back the realm so that we can, you know, sit on the beaches and uh, enjoy each other's company and then, you know, eat meals with fresh air, clean water, good food. And watch watch kids grow up in a healthy environment where they don't have to be subjected to subliminal messages from Disney. I couldn't agree with you anymore, man. Mm. I've been on the Disney train for a bit uh, lately because it pissed me off when I saw that picture of uh, Mickey Mouse Jack and his neat there. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, why? Like, why? Not the kids, man. You can't. Like, when I was a kid. I had to figure it out for myself and I did. Right. Right. Like, I mean, I had like three older brothers and a sister and, you know, growing up with three older brothers, you learn about sex at an early age. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I don't think people should be subjecting their kids to this kind of shit so early because. And it's uh, earlier, you know, it was more subtle, you know, there was like uh one of the uh, pipe organs on the front of the original uh, Little Mermaid was a pink. Right. You know, you had to go looking for it, right? But uh, more and more, it's becoming just a little more obvious. Like, a little more obvious, yeah. Yeah. Like her, uh, like Minnie's uh, shoulder, I mean, it, from far away, it looks like a dick, you know? Even from far away, like you don't even have to look at it. It's yeah. just there, right? Yeah. Apparent, right? Yeah. And so, and then like, uh, you know, and uh, uh, the one with the lion, what is it? Simba or whatever. Yeah, when, Lion King, yeah. Yeah, when they're on the, you know, when he's standing on the uh, edge of the cliff and it's nighttime and up in the stars, it reads sex. See, right. it was, it was uh, a little more subtle then. You had to kind of look for it. Or when the pack of lions are going down the hill and you see the, the smoke, or the dust coming out, it spells sex. Yeah. And also Aladdin, uh, where Jasmine and, and her father are speaking in the forefront, and Aladdin's in the background playing with a tiger, and you could hear very subtly in the background Aladdin playing with the tiger, and he says, come on, boy, come on good teenagers take off their clothes right. come on boy come on right you know it's like wow dude and i i learned i learned about that when i was like 12 years old i'm i'm 43 next month yeah but i learned about that when i was like 12 when my niece was into disney and had aladdin and i heard my friends talking about it at school yeah and so i went back home and i took her copy of aladdin put it in the v vcr and I went to that part, and sure enough, there it was, and it just blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what this about? I, I, at the time, I didn't know what their agenda was, right? Right, right. But a lot of people were saying, oh, they just do that as a joke, right? It's like, yeah. no, that's no fucking joke, dude. No, no. <laughs> you know? Subconsciously, they're uh, roading the, uh, the childlike innocence, and I think that's yeah. very important. I think having that childlike innocence – and also uh, taking away uh, kids' ability to be have a creative imagination, right? 
Yeah. Because the best manifestors that I know have a very creative imagination. And there's a lot of kids now that if you like take away all their devices and put them in the yard, they are going to be bored out of their tears because they, they have no creativity. No creativity, no imagination. Yes. Dude, when I was a kid, man, we'd just go out, play street hockey on the street. Right. We would like play basketball in my friend's yard. Dude. Uh, we would. Uh, I'd we cover would... myself in fucking uh, mud from head to toe. And yeah. pretend I was the predator, you know, attacking I mean, I... my brother. Hell yeah, dude. I would, I would, me and my buddy would be whipping frisbees at each other, pre- pretending we were Tron. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or like, you know, go out, play hide and seek around the whole street, right? Yep. Yep. People don't do that shit anymore. It's, no. it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I see, I see parents bringing their babies to uh, where I work and they're, they're sitting in the shopping cart and look, staring at a fucking tablet. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, enough, man. Right. The black mirror, right? Well, yeah, but that's the thing. Most people have never even heard of scrying mirrors, right? Uh-huh. You know, and you bring up to them, you know, well, Queen Elizabeth had a uh, a magician named John D that was uh, conjuring up spirits and bringing through the Enochian language. For Enochian magic to come on the forefront, they look at that's right. Yeah, got fucking six heads. Yeah, like, no, that's that's matter of record. <laughs> well, again, that goes back to Disney mirror, mirror on the wall. Yeah. Who's the most fucking whorish of them all? Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> think about that story, right? Okay, so we have this pasty white uh, girl. Uh, lying out on a bed in the middle of the forest. She's got a trickle of blood on her mouth. A uh, opportunistic rapist prince comes along and gives her a kiss, right? Uh, Meanwhile, we got uh, her stepmom is trying to warn everybody about this fucking vampire that's coming back up from the dead. She's got all these little freakish ass little dwarves doing her dirty work. Right, I'm telling you, Snow White was a fucking vampire. All right, the good person in that whole story was the queen. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure. Uh, I think it was. Uh, yeah, it was. We were talking on Master Debaters on Monday. I was on it, and um, we talked about Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And I think it was Ryan Ryan Dean from Dangerous World. He said. Uh, I think the the dwarves were something way more sinister before they made that movie. Like they they kind of like sugar coated them, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and a lot of shit like that in is like that in Disney where they're originally a more sinister version of the character, and then they kind of sugar coat them after yeah. to make it more more appealing to the younger audiences or whatnot, right? What, yeah, or uh, slide it past the uh, gaze of the the parents, right? And then the, then you got Mickey Mouse, who was like a racist fucking blackface mouse back in the thirties or something, right? Right, right, forties, yeah. right? Yeah. Crazy shit, dude. Yeah, these are the, we're just talking about things that people don't have the time to think about. Time on, or- on my show, you know, that's all we do. Or if you even pointed it out to them, uh, 
it doesn't even compute. Yeah. Have you, stay, ever, have you ever stand had, with glassy eyes and like trying to defend the evil? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you ever uh, had a conversation with someone where you're, like, for example, uh, talking to them about some Mandela effects or something? And they're, yeah. they're agreeing with you, agreeing with you. And then they like kind of get a shake, like they just got the down low. And then they start like uh, going against everything you say and like, oh, no, you're remembering it wrong and all this stuff. Of course. Yeah. I call that yeah. the Agent Smith situation. Dude, I'm t- I was just going to say that's the Agent Smith situation. And I ex- experience it on a regular basis. Yep. And me I, too. I used to fight against it, but I, I got wise and just uh, – I kind of just, I just, I kind of just laugh off what they say, and and we kind of laugh together. Yeah, you know, like it's like when I show people that Disney picture with Mickey Mouse, Jack, and the 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 meat stick, right? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. just I show them that, and they're like, "What the fuck?" They laugh initially, and then they're like, "Dude, that's fucked up." I'm like, "Yeah, but they've always been doing that, man." You yep. know, yep. Like it's nothing new. Mm-hmm. I'm just showing you now, like yeah. an example. Yeah, I'm sure if if you went back to Steamboat Willie, you'd see some shit in there that oh, definitely Walt, Walt Disney Looney Tunes, yeah. everything, man, everything. It's it, it's everywhere. Yeah, like you can't get away from it. <clears throat> There's no escaping. Yeah, and well, there that's, is, but you got to well, turn all the that's, stuff off that's and go thing. outside. <laughs> that's the thing. That's what I wanted to ask you. How does one escape the Matrix? We still Do you paint. have to. You start paying attention to it in this lifetime, or is is the true escape uh, uh, the death of the meat bag? Well, that's the body. Okay, that's the ultimate, right? Well, I think it's uh, very uh, good to like before you get to that point, turn everything off, go outside, uh, dance with a pretty girl, <clears throat> listen to music in the park, uh, go fishing, you know. Whatever your bag is, if you like to go out on the boat, do do stuff outside with your friends as best you can. Uh, you know, uh, enjoy real food that somebody cooked with the uh, intention of love. And, you know, do these, sit around a campfire and tell each other stories. And uh, so that's how I would, uh, you know, spend my time. Uh, if I had the ultimate choice, right? Right. But I also think at some point you should sit down uh, one day and really stare mortality of your uh, astronaut meat suit in the eye and come to terms with it, right? And the quicker you come to terms with death and realize it's merely a phase change, very much like ice turning to water, turning to steam, uh, the quicker that, uh, you know, you'll get over that fear. And uh, when that time comes, you can go into that uh, that darkness a little more gracefully. Right. And when you get over there, eh, don't listen to anything. You know, don't don't listen to the uh, the people trying to get you to come back into the realm. Maybe go somewhere else and see what's happening. <laughs> And that is, is that, that's, we were talking about the false light earlier, right? Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. Um, so, when you see the light, when you pass, when you come out of your body, do you go towards that and go back into another vessel? See, my thing. Or do you, or do you turn around and go into the abyss? See, I practice going into the abyss every day. Every time I close my eyes, there's an abyss so vast and so wide that it's unfathomable. And I have the most beautiful experiences there. So when I pass on the other side, I'm going to go into the abyss and take my chances because I know there's some magical fucking shit out there. That's wild, dude. Yeah. Um, did you <clears throat> do you know about the whole Taylor Hawkins death uh, from the Food Fighters? I'm aware of it. It's very suspicious that, you know, he's had two bandmates die. Uh, I would probably say that he's dirty as fuck. Um, well, first of all, he forced Taylor, who was against that being vaccinated, yeah. to get it, right? Well, second I mean, of all, second up. of all, Let, here we go. How, how did he force him? Well, like he can't tour with them. And you think Taylor Hawkins didn't have enough money to say, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I'm moving. Ah, that's a good, that's a good point. Um, second of all, <clears throat> they did a movie called Studio 666. Right. Where Dave Grohl found this tape in the basement and, uh, you know, it said if you record the music, if you re-record the music, with your band on this tape, you will gain immense, like immense power, right? Yeah. So he started doing that, and he gets possessed, and then he ends up killing his bandmates, right? Right. So then, the music from that movie, he records uh, with the Foo Fighters. I don't know. I don't know if it was with the Foo Fighters or not, but um, he records it. And under the label, under the name uh, Dream Widow, this album gets released the day after Taylor Hawkins dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like how is that not like I I tell people at work about that story, and they're like, "Dude, what the fuck? There's no way that that is like a coincidence, right?" And I said, "Well, that's up for you to decide, right?" Yeah, you know, but it's it's pretty wild, man. It's like. Maybe he was a sacrifice. Who knows? You know? well, demons are going to do demon shit. Not mm-hmm. Right? Like, but, oh, there was a, there's a song on it, though. Because I love metal, right? Okay. There's a song on that album, and the album is great. Mm-hmm. There's a song on it called Into the Sweet Abyss. Which kind of freaked me out, because I'm like, am I supposed to go to the abyss, or am I supposed to go to the light? <laughs> Well, seeing as all the movies that they put out, it says, go toward the light, Carol Ann. Right, poltergeist. Again, I don't listen to criminals. I <laughs> I go the other way. <laughs> yeah, but she was just trying to go back to her parents. Look, the, but that's the way that they infiltrate your subconscious. Right. See, you're thinking about it in uh, the surface terms. But that has burnt into the collective unconscious. Go into the light. Yeah. Yeah. So it's anything kind of, that this reality says to do, you should probably do the opposite. Well, to a certain degree, yes. You, yeah. you Ultimately, you should follow your own intuition. And you should spend some time in this lifetime uh, learning how to hear your intuition, right? 
my intuition, um, I've been telling people this. I've been telling people since COVID started, even before that, uh, that my intuition, I've been listening to my in- intuition a lot greater than I had before. And it, it's speaking to me louder, louder than ever before. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I told people about the whole, even the whole George Floyd incident. I said, he said, I can't breathe. And that got into the subconscious really yeah. quickly, right? It did. Next thing you know, we're wearing a fucking mask yeah. and we can't fucking breathe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people are like, holy shit, dude, that's pretty wild. I'm that's, like, well, that's, that's just what my intuition told me. I didn't research anything on that, you know? That's some of that word magic. Yeah, definitely. It's it's been uh, in graffiti. It's it's on T-shirts. Oh yeah, right. And it's like that whole thing was bullshit, you know. But they're using that as a spell, yeah, to get into the subconscious of humanity, right? So, so what was the uh, most recent uh, spectacle spell that they released into the unconscious? Uh, Russia, Ukraine. No, the most recent was the Will Smith situation. Oh, right, right, right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we won't be able to decode fully what they were pushing at that moment. But that definitely, as hard as the memes were coming through that whole week, I guarantee you they figured that in. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see in a few months. Uh, what that a particular magic spell was supposed to bring about. Well, you do know the whole thing about that Pfizer was the, the, the sponsor yeah, for the yeah. Oscars. That, that is, that's surface that's surface level stuff. Right. Uh, it's got to be deeper than that because it's yeah. so strong, right? Yes, yes. <clears throat> There'll be another layer to it. You know, just like Shrek said about his feelings, it's like an onion. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me one time, one of the best pickup lines I ever used uh, when I was single was I, I wrote this uh, woman. I said, Hey, uh, I'm Shrek and I'm looking for Fiona, but if that ain't you, can I ride you like Donkey? You <laughs> <laughs> can pick me up at eight. <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, and Dave, man, I've really enjoyed it, but that's all I got in my gas tank at the moment, brother. That's cool, man. I was just about to say like, we're kind of winding down a bit, but uh, that was great, man. <clears throat> yeah, thank you. For I think we, yeah, it was a pleasure, dude, for sure. And we'll have to do uh, it again sometime. Definitely, definitely. I'm sure there's a lot more that I could like say that would probably fuel you up a bit but yeah we'll we'll we'll, we'll cut it off from there yeah uh, let the audience know my cartel where they can find you i can yeah i can most of the time i can be found at your mama's house but if you want to <laughs> reach me you can uh reach me at instagram lehman dollins art at any time day or night don't be shy sounds good and i'm <laughs> gonna put that in the show notes for them so they can go there okay <laughs> Cool, man. Thanks a lot for coming on, man. It was great. Thank you. Peace out, brother. Bye.
Hey guys, uh, just uh, let you know, uh, Nigel is feeling better now, so uh, I'll let him take over. Go ahead, Nigel. Thank you, Davey, and thank you, Cartel, for listening to the Red Pill Cartel once again. Nigel is feeling much better now, so thank you for your patience. The last episode, I, uh, I could not make it. Uh, my throat was uh, feeling a little bit sore, you know, so Nigel is better now. So anyway, be ready. Davey and I really hope you enjoyed that episode with Mr. Lehman Dollins. He is one cool motherfucker, you know. Nigel, relax, dude. Well, it's true, you know, he is. Yeah, he is. He is a pretty cool motherfucker. But uh, anyway, uh, you want to uh, support the show, uh, you support the show by uh, going to the Patreon and uh, giving your donation at uh, patreon.com. And uh, links are in the show notes. And also, if you want to support uh, those stricken with the uh, muscular dystrophy, uh, Duchenne muscular dystrophy, you go to owlcreekcoffee.com to get some uh, delicious coffee. You uh, to check out. You put in the, uh, the the promo code Cartel15. That is C A R T E L one five. And uh, you enjoy the good coffee, you know. So any anyway, with that being said, uh, we really hope you enjoyed the episode, and uh, feel free to email or go on Instagram and uh, message Davy, and uh, you know, uh, give some love to Nigel, Nigel the Goat, and uh, Davy, and uh, if you want to get on the show, let them know, you know, let us know, let us know, and also you can, uh, you know, give more love to Nigel. Nigel always loves the love, you know. And uh, you can also drop a five-star review on Apple or Spotify, you know, and uh, help 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 get this show on the road, you know. Uh, we are gaining more traction lately, more traction, and uh, we we love you, Cartel, and uh, peace out for now, and see you next time.